0: My name is Dimitri, I'm Isabella,
1: I'm Alexander, I'm Zali, I'm Teddy
0: and I'm 23 and I'm 12 i six 16 out. years old. Did you know almost 28,000 young people aged between 12 12 and 24 are homeless in Australia earlier on any given night? night, Did did you know know?
1: that a survey of young people on youth allowance
0: found that nine nine in ten skip meals and one in three three have withdrawn their studies because of of lack of of funds? funds. Did Did you you know know? that one in three young people aged 15 15 to 24 who seek seek help from homelessness services identified identified as as indigenous. Indigenous Did you no. know the youth unemployment rate is now at thirteen point one percent, more than
2: double,
0: double the national average. average. In the spirit of reconciliation, Y Foundations acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connection to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past And present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the Young and Homeless podcast, brought to you by Y Foundations, New South Wales' peak body for youth homelessness. Y Foundations supports services who support young people who are experiencing or at risk of homelessness. My name is Pam Barker, and I'm the CEO of Y Foundations, and I will be your host, and I'm honoured to take you on the journey while I interview passionate and dedicated human beings who want to end youth homelessness in Australia. In this podcast series, we will chat with some amazing speakers who are politicians, government workers, service providers, researchers, academics, and people with a lived experience of homelessness. We will tackle some of the important issues faced by children and young people at risk of or who are experiencing homelessness in Australia. Our podcast is launched today on Youth Homeless Matters Day with a special four-part Youth Homeless Matters Day episode. We want to explore what Youth Homeless Matters Day is all about and why youth homelessness is still such a critical issue that we should all care about today.
1: Our next guest is Brendan Brest, who has a lived experience of homelessness. Brendan moved house more than 40 times in his lifetime, and he has worked hard to support himself from a young age. Brendan is a member of Y Foundation's Youth Homelessness Representative Council, where he continues to advocate and address issues that affect children and young people. In 2020, his work was recognised when he won the Youth Action New South Wales Youth Sector Volunteer of the Year Award. Hi, Brendan. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Pam. It's an honor to have you on our podcast today. You are a role model for so many young people. But who is your role model, and why?
2: My role model, um, look, I don't have a particular person. Mm-hmm. I don't think is about one person. Um, I think it's it's more in general. Like everybody kind of has their familiar of role models. It's not. I don't, I don't like to have that one person to look at um it's a range of different people to learn stuff Mm -hmm. from and kind of have that person above you to look at so yeah Yeah. there's a there's a few people not just particular one person
1: it's a collective of people you take particular things from that help empower you or get you through hard times yes can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey brendan how'd you get here today and how'd you get involved with the youth homelessness representative council obviously you've got a bit of a background and experience in homelessness do you
2: want to tell us a little bit about your journey? Um, okay, so I was seven, eight years old when I first went into foster care. It wasn't easy. Um, I, was, I was young at the time, so I didn't really know what was happening. You know, when you're young, you don't, don't really know what's going on. Went around to a few places, like I said, I've been around to 40 places. It's yeah. not the ideal. You want to be able to be stable. And not being stable and moving around constantly doesn't really help with your know, centre of mind or... Center belief. I was never a hard kid. I was pretty easy. It was more the carers just had the influences. They either liked you or they didn't. So I, I was just unlucky to stick around with most carers. Out of the forty, I had probably three that actually enjoyed me. So at least I had some some that actually treated me like I was their son. That but must yeah, be
1: very hard. Um...
2: Well, like it was my basically my first and last were my best ones. Like my last one, she would still accept me to this day. But sadly, she passed away of cancer just after I turned 18. She was, she was probably one of my best carers that I ever went through. If it wasn't for her, I think I wouldn't be where I am because she helped me get past school and she really supported me through that. And then obviously after 18, doctors kind of forced me out, which was the, not the ideal thing because they didn't have a plan in place. They kind trying to just like, yep, you're seven and a half. Off you go. Mm. What, was I, what was I supposed to do at seven eight and a half? That's obviously, very young. Well, when you think about it, they should be the ones looking out for you, not just saying, okay, you're 17, off you go. Like,
1: yeah.
2: I was scared for myself, so I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have a job. I was 17. I just finished school. Okay, what am I going to do? Like, I'm, just, I'm not ready for adulthood yet. I'm still got a lot to learn. So, their way of me exiting care was not the best. Mm. I went, I went to another area where it wasn't safe for me. It was influenced by other young people who had a lot of problems going on. It wasn't a good fit for me. It kind of increased my mental health a bit. So I kept running away and then I eventually just stayed away from the place and thought it was best to sleep outside, sleep on the streets and be homeless because what was better than me sitting in an environment that wasn't safe for me.
1: Yeah.
2: And then I went to another place. It was all right. And then after that, things just dropped bad. So I thought the best way was to wait until I actually found something decent. And that was by living on the streets, hiding hiding in places, just trying to live life without making things a lot harder, even though being homeless was a challenge because I didn't have the Mm. utensils to bath. I didn't have the utensils to try to do that stuff. So it wasn't easy. And then here I am, part of the YHRC, a bit of spirits lifted, a great bunch of people. I'm glad to be a bit of an advocate for these young people and try and make our system a bit more uplift and yeah.
1: Be a bit of a role model yourself Brendan. Absolutely. So Brendan you spoke a little bit there about you know your experiences on sleeping rough. Yes. Did you think during the time that you were homeless on the streets do you think you would have been visibly homeless or would there be aspects that may have made you look like any other young person hanging out?
2: I would say that there was two aspects there was me homeless and there was me looking like i was just a normal kid you know people walking past you thinking yeah he's okay he doesn't need any support he's fine yeah like like i say you can look at someone but you can't understand whether are they suffering or are they actually grieving inside obviously like i don't have like a big rubbish bag with me carrying like looking looking a bit dirty in that um so straight away to probably what i thought no, he's fine. He's just going, He's going back to his house. He's going to a hotel or something. I tried not to sleep in a visible spot. I didn't want to be seen Be sleeping in like a big public area. So mm-hmm. every time I went near the rest or something, I kind of try to hide a bit. Um, yeah. So I feel like I felt embarrassed to be out in person to think what, what people think. You, you hear a lot of stories about the people on the street who are doing it hard. Like they get harassed, they get bashed, they get things stolen that kind of brought to me is like, okay, I don't want to be in that situation of feeling like I'm going to be abused. That's where the maturity of me was like, okay, I'm going to force myself to hide. Um, but when I, when I was out in public and people saw me, they just think, oh yeah, he's okay. He's yeah. just like every other young boy enjoying everyday life. And it's like, for, for me to see them and I'm just like, look, I really wish you would see me, not by the outside, but trying and ask if i actually am okay so i did I, I found it really difficult people just think i was okay and like, people just thought yeah like you just you just want attention you just want all this stuff it's like well i don't want i just don't want attention i just yeah. want support yeah you may think uh, i'm okay but really i'm not
1: yeah so looks can be a bit deceiving
2: maybe. yes yes
1: yeah. so today is youth homeless matters day and we're asking everyone in the series why does youth homelessness matter why does it matter brendan
2: It matters because we don't like it to increase. We don't want it to be something that is happening over and over again. Obviously, we're trying to decrease the homelessness level of people out there today it's not the best environment for people um, especially for young young people it's really important because they have they have a life ahead of them mm. and if they're, if they're experiencing homeless at such a young age already what's their life going to look like when they're older? Like if we can try and tackle homelessness numbers to drop now instead of them rising, it's going to make things probably a lot better in the future for these young people who want to be able to work towards something and not have to suffer trying to get into accommodation, trying to Get somewhere safe. Trying to influence their steps to start somewhere.
1: Shouldn't have to be worrying about those things as a young. No,
2: persons. absolutely not.
1: Getting some, an education and a job and starting to think about the rest of your life instead of worrying about where you're going to sleep the night.
2: Absolutely.
1: You recently spoke publicly about how homelessness has affected your mental health. What other challenges did you face during that time?
2: Um, mental health was a big factor. I guess that comes down to the the support around that um like there's a few times i went to hospital in the mental health sector i i, I went i went there to try and get support but yeah. i feel like our our hospitals mental health is not that supportive either then there needs to be a lot of a lot of support through that like they they have to understand that people are coming in with doubt of doubt on themselves and like, yes, there's a bed, it's clean, but the workers that face these young people coming in don't really know how to respond to them, like don't know how to help them. There's people coming in just like, I want, I want support, I want help, like, can you help me? And they're just like, I don't know how to. And it, ma- it makes you, it makes us feel a bit, well, okay, like I'm coming in to help, but now you don't know how to help me. And it makes them trying to feel a bit worse because they were hoping, but then coming into the sector, it's like, okay, I'm going to get support and I'm going to find somewhere. And then after a while, they're like, oh, how do you feel and all the stuff. but. It's 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 like you want to you you want to feel safe wherever you go. Like every everyone faces mental health these days.
1: Everybody can have those challenges.
2: Absolutely, and a lot of people can't get the accommodation. Accommodation is one of the biggest sectors that everyone wants. Um, yeah, we like, need more
1: accommodation for young
2: people. Absolutely, like. Yeah. I think the hardest thing was when there was, like, rainy days or a stormy day, like, places where I had to find cover, oh, my God, it was hard. Like, it was cold. It was just miserable. Like, you know, if you have a place that has a roof over your head, that you have a bed and all that stuff, at least you're kind of indoors. And, like, from sometimes when I wasn't, it was difficult. Like,
1: yeah,
2: that's when I kind of had to reach it a lot harder to, to find somewhere on that. So
1: And that would obviously wreak havoc on your mental health, the yes. stress of trying to find somewhere safe and warm to keep you healthy. Yeah. Yeah, wow. And I guess there's so many intricacies around um, the things you've got to manage when you are homeless and being young without necessarily the knowledge or the resources to know how to ask help can be challenging as well, I imagine. You have been a member of the Y Foundation's Youth Homelessness Representative Council for a few years now, Brendan. Tell us why you joined the council and why it's important to be part of it.
2: Um I joined it because I want to make it inspiration on our young people, and I, I want i want to I want to be able trying to support our young people like. I want, I want to embrace what I've been through, but also the more the more I put out there, the more that people will hopefully start speaking out. And I think if people kind of see someone that's speaking out, they kind of look up to you and, okay, look, he's going out of his way. They're trying to make support. Like they might use a voice as well. But even if I can help them, try and figure out, okay, how do we approach this? What do I say? Like, it's it's more of a mentor. Like, I want to be a mentor for these young people who are struggling. I want to be able to support our young yeah. our young generation. That's probably one of my biggest passion. Is I don't want to I don't want to see what I went through for these young people who are doing it tough now. Yeah, um, it needs to end. Yeah, being part of the team still is. I love it. I don't think I've been part of a team as much as. I love this and...
1: Yeah, we love having you. (laughs) It's good. We do. Can you explain to the listeners what the council does, what the types of things you guys have done? I know you've met Minister Ward and done a few submissions. Do you want to talk a little bit about those things that the council has done while you've been a part of it?
2: So over the time I've been part of the team, we've gotten together and we tend to discuss or brainstorm a lot of situations about schooling, about health, about different sections and What we do is we get together, we talk about what our best approach is to what what supports can we put in. Um, Everyone has different input. We're trying to put it together, and we send it then trying to send it off to the government to try and put it in force. Like you said, I met Minister Ward. He's the top person for community services and young people. Great, great guy. He has such a passion for this community services and these young people he wants to try and support for what we do we try and put it up to his end and he tries to put it in force as well we, we get together every every few months and catch up we get together and try and support and put mm. things out there in place so
1: so very influential work the group does do and I know that lived experience aspect is really vital to understanding better what young people need and want who are experiencing homelessness but not only that we use it at Y Foundations as the backbone of all the things we do because um, it's really the young people, as you said, that are coming after us that we really need to make sure that we're ending new homelessness for them. So you guys do some really great work, Brendan, and we're very thankful for the work you do do. Do you think the group has helped you face some of your challenges you mentioned? Has it been sort of cathartic? Has it been a group that's helped you through this work process some of the stuff that you've experienced and allowed you to be the person you are here with me today?
2: Well, hearing people's, um, what they've been through, not not that, i've been for it myself but to see what they've gone through everyone has a different aspect of what they went through so we're kind of sharing each other's troubles and to see that i'm not the only one that's been through such a hard time um everyone's just really looked out for each other and kind of like look i've been through it as well but if we try to support it support each other at least you know that they're kind of there they want to help you it brings connections a bit together not just they had it rough but you also had it rough as well and for each other to see how rough we been through everyone has a it hits them and thinks oh my god like he's been through it as well
1: mm, not alone
2: yeah i think a lot, a lot of people tend to feel alone in this situation mm. and once i find out that they, the other person's been through it as well it's like, okay i don't feel as alone now so it's pretty good to have that alone break apart
1: <laughs> yeah have a break from being alone and realize that other people do have similar experiences to you and together your voices are stronger absolutely Thank you for sharing that, Brendan. We want to dispel the myths Australians have about homelessness and how this affects young people such as yourself. What are some of the myths, some of the things that people say about homeless young people that you've encountered that isn't the truth? And why do we need to understand the the truth? Why do we need to dispel these myths to be incorrect.
2: For a lot of people these days, they think that young people just want to do drugs, they want to drink out and just all that stuff. But not every young individual wants to do drugs, wants to drink, wants to get onto that silly stuff. Mm. They 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 do that because they feel so down that they have no other choice. There's difference between them doing it and them not wanting to do it. You can see that they're grieving, do not want to do it. But yeah. what other feeling do they have? There's people that there that beg for help. Like they'll sit there, they'll, they will go work their ass off to go out to places and reach. No matter, no matter if they're tired, they'll still get up on their feet and try and like, achieve their goal that for that day. Like there's young people out there who don't have money or don't have the clothes or don't have that support to stay on their feet. Like they will, there's people out there who grieve their bodies to the most, like to breaking point. And it's hard for people to see that because they're just sit there. Okay. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's just some bad that's sitting on the street. It's not yeah. about that. These the young yeah. people are fighting to get to, to the goal that they want to be. They don't want to be sitting there yeah. on the street going through what they're going through.
1: So they're essentially, as you are saying, grieving due to their and yeah, trauma. Drugs and alcohol are an easy way to try and numb the pain, and they're out there. They've got goals. Their goals may not be to be, you know, the prime minister, but their goals are to have a shelter and some food on the on the table or absolutely. just get through the rest of the day. Um, and they're, they're survival goals, they're Vela goals, aren't they? Oh, yeah. It doesn't mean that they're bad or wrong people, it just means they need.
2: It's them grieving, but them also asking for help in a way.
1: It's very true, Brendan, and we see a lot of young people who are presumed to be okay and they're not, or lots of young people make the choices that they make. It's their choice, but we really know that sometimes we're the product of a circumstance. So yes. it's a very good myth to dispel. What support or programs would you like to see in the future to help homeless young people? I know you mentioned your experiences from the out-of-home care system. What do you think needs to change for young people not to be homeless like yourself?
2: There needs to be a lot more easier ways of getting into accommodation. Housing. Housing's definitely mm. top number one. is <laughs> housing. I think they're very strict on housing. Not a lot of people on Centrelink like they don't have money coming in, the regulations of applications to be made like, not every person can be approved with every application. Like, sometimes yeah. there's a bit of underlines of them not achieving to that application. Obviously, housing is like there's there is waiting periods, they obviously need to think about what can we do easier to make people into housing? Like, how can we get them? Um, like at the moment, housing like private rental is just absolutely difficult i'm still like i want i want to be able to live a bit free but Mm -hmm. i'm still like working towards that it's 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 a long a long um a long goal
1: so would you say just any housing or would you be an advocate for youth specific housing which are models like your foyers and things like that that are designed to provide support community life skills what type of housing do you think would be appropriate for young people
2: what number one is to have a room a room free for someone like a bed or like somewhere that they can go at the end of the day they can wake up to a whether it's a share house whether it's a shared place and as long as they have a bed they have a bathroom they have a kitchen you might not get along with everyone but as long as you have that aspect of i'm not on the street, i don't have to go running grieving for food or something like you've got to, you, you have facilities you're um, safe yeah obviously having having a place to sleep every day trying to get into that go to go to schools, go out in the community, try and um put out there like pamphlets, try and and try and bring people in to try and make things say that it, it there is a possible of housing being an option like people don't use the internet all the time people don't understand yeah. okay how can I find these solutions like they some of them don't have a phone some of them don't know what they're looking for like put some stuff on notice boards or go to events like make an event and community or like there's so many other ways than the internet that people can use yeah. or to go out by like you see many people out there during the streets that stand there and just like oh why at you like hey come talk to me like
1: so groving outreach workers or something like that so what you're saying we need housing we need more housing for young people we need the application processes for housing to be a little bit easier for young people to complete but not only that we need to have more creative ways for young people to be able to access or know about where housing is be it in a share house or in some type of setup that's designed like a foyer or community housing provider or social housing provider we need different avenues for young people to hook in than just using the internet or having a specialist caseworker. We need to make finding uh, a home once we make them available a little bit easier. Is that what you're sort of saying about that? Yes, absolutely. Very good point there, Brendan. And I must say, you've said some very valid things today. I'd like to extend an enormous thank you to Brendan. You have faced many challenges and your advocacy and contribution to Y Foundations has been enormous. You're a very generous young human being and we are excited that you are part of this podcast and we appreciate your time today. We hope your voice is heard by those who can really make a difference. Um, we're proud of you, Brendan. Thank you so much for being a part of this today and we will catch up with you next time.
2: Thank you, Pam.
1: You're very welcome. Take care. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Young and Homeless podcast. See you next time.